0: The pieces of production that always stick in my head are the ones that give me goosebumps. And you get those hair on the back of your neck stand up no matter how many times you listen to it.
1: Whether you're listening to it actively or it's just on in the background, audio production, and for the sake of this podcast, radio production, is a powerful tool. It has the ability to make people laugh, make people cry, and sometimes it can even give you goosebumps. That's why I love what I do. Hello my name is Dom I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne and in this podcast I'm talking to audio producers around the world who play a role in crafting the sound of radio stations. It's not a technical podcast so you certainly don't need to be in production to get something out of this. It's much more about the human side of this and ultimately how they go from blank pieces of paper to killer audio production 100. 100. this is kind of a serious. So, welcome to the very first episode and thank you so much for listening. Now, I'm about to introduce you to Brad Leesk. Now, Brad is a network imaging producer for Nova Entertainment. He's currently based in Sydney. And if you've heard a piece of production on Nova recently, there's a fairly good chance that Brad has had a hand in producing it. He's one of their main guys. Now, shortly, we'll talk about how he adds emotion to his production. But to start things off, it's a little bit of an unusual job being an audio producer and I wanted to know how Brad would explain it just standing around at a barbecue. I just say I'm a carpenter and then uh, <laughs> and then the conversation
0: just ends. I don't have to go into... 22 squares. <laughs> no, it is, a, it is a really hard um, thing to explain. Um, I, I usually just say it's, it's everything on the radio station that isn't a song or a commercial. I've it's-
1: tried that with very little success. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, now that you say that, I do get a puzzled look every time I say that. I feel like they nod before they actually understand. They're like, oh, yeah. And you can tell they're like, they still haven't actually put together what it is yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you know? one of
0: those things that you kind of have to you have to show someone. Like mm. um, my housemate that I recently moved in with, trying to explain it to him. And he was like, oh, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. <laughs> and then last night I, I showed him what a promo was. And he's like, oh, that's what you do. Mm. And it's like, yeah, like once you actually see it or, or hear it,
1: what do you say? It's so funny you mentioned the carpenter. I was for a while just saying plumber because people just go, "Oh yeah." But I was then nervous that someone's going to go, "Me too." Yeah. <laughs> Shit.
0: Well, they start talking about different power tools and
1: stuff. I've gone to the bits in between the songs lately. Yep. Okay. Um, which works, but it's also massively oversimplifying it. And not to like blow our own horns, but it's such a critical part of the station. If you take out the sound of a radio station, yeah. it sort of becomes quite soulless.
0: Yeah, I read a quote once that said, um, radio is nothing
1: without imaging. Mm. So I stalked your LinkedIn, uh, like all seasoned interviewers do. Sure. So <laughs> RMIT University, 2012 to 2014, did you know you wanted to do radio imaging?
0: No, no, I didn't. I, um, I'd always sort of been into playing in bands and stuff. And I remember walking into a recording studio to record our EP, as it were back then. I just thought, wow, like, how cool is Pro Tools? Look at all this outboard gear. This is awesome. So then I guess from that point, I was eager to do something like that. And then um, started like recording bands and stuff out of my room at home and then got into the RMIT course. And then, yeah, just sort of went, I don't know if recording bands and doing live sound is something that I want to do anymore. And I, I remember like sort of getting kind of down about it. And then... I remember I sent an email to the website Seek. Um, mm. I think I was just looking for contacts or something. I just winged an email and miraculously it got forwarded to Maddie Dower, who's in Melbourne at the minute, and um, yeah, brought me through and had a look around. And I remember looking at a promo build in a Pro Tools session and it was that same feeling that I had when I walked into that recording studio like five or six years earlier and I went, whoa, cool, had a listen and just was like, yep. This is what I want to do. And then from there, I guess it's just the rest is history. Nova. They've sold out London's O2 Arena five times, collaborated with pop's finest like Demi
1: Lovato and Shawn
0: Mendes. And now the Vamps are bringing their middle-of-the-night world tour to Sydney.
1: Not to put words in your mouth, but were you sort of from then reverse-engineering it, going, all right, I know sound. I've got an early passion for this. Now I just need to reverse engineer how they're doing these sounds? Yeah, I I remember it being a really frustrating process and it and it
0: still kinda is um always sort of trying to get better and improve. And I remember being at that point and a guy that um was a one of my big mentors early on, Neil Padgett, I remember just looking at his promos and going, like I will never ever <laughs> be able to do that. Yeah. And then one one day he's like, yeah, man, you, you you will. You just gotta sort of keep going. And then you know, two or three years later, I was making those types of promos. Are you
1: familiar with Ira Glass from This American Life? He's a big like podcast guy. No. He's a really creative guy. Right. And he's got this quote. All of us who do creative work, like you know, we get into it, and we get into it because we have good taste. But it's like there's a gap that for the first couple of years that you're making stuff. What you're making isn't so good, okay? It's not that great. It's, it's, it's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, you're, your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And he goes on to basically say, the only way to push past that is just by years of practice. It's the 10,000 hours thing. mm could have been a pilot shit <laughs> but the reason i bring it up at this point you're saying that for years it's like you had this sound in your head that you couldn't create and you could see other people creating it and then there was a process you had to go through to get there
0: yeah i'm just trying to digest that quote that's um i i kind of feel like i'm still there in that spot really yeah i you're mean you're not man no shit i don't like it. Always striving for, to get to that next point, I, I mean. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. I get this a lot where work will say, and let's just use pure examples here, sure. work will say, hey, um, you know, we need an Ed Sheeran promo. And you're like, yeah, man. And in your head, you've got this 30-second banging promo. <laughs> it's all in key. It's all perfect. It's not a shitty acapella that's been filtered. Yep. Everything's spot on, man. It's the best promo you've ever heard. Yep. And then you make it, but at the end, it's not what you had in your head, is it? Is it ever? No, it's not. But I guess that. Why that, not?
0: I guess that's that's the creative process, isn't it? Like you, mm. you'll start making something and and just go down a completely different avenue. Um, very rarely will I make something that sounds exactly like it did in my head
1: when you sort of first conceptualise it. I guess. In fact, this is probably a good time to play your Liam Gallagher Red Room launch. Sure. <laughs> For days now, we've been telling you the bad boy of rock is coming. Brothers Liam and Noel Gallagher. They claim they're bigger than the Beatles. You see over their behavior on the flight from Hong Kong. Gallagher was swamped with questions, but replied in typical form. I don't do Liam's edgy attitude often threatened to Uh-oh. overshadow their music. Oasis abandoned their American tour today. Fans are asking, what's the story? The Oasis have split. Women to have broken up for good. Liam saying that Noel, he doesn't like me, and I don't like him. No one announced he's quitting the band because he can't work a day longer with his brother
0: Liam. The reason why Noel left the band is nothing to do with an argument. I told him a couple of things and he didn't like it. I've had bigger arguments from my toenails, you know what I mean?
1: Now. We can announce the headline grabbing king of 90s Britpop. Well
0: hello there, this is Mr. Gallagher speaking.
1: Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher. He's gonna throw it back to you. Is coming. Playing live, up close and intimate for you. In Nova's Red Room. And after all, you're my Wonderwall. Someday you will find me company, the that's fine. In a shaman's silver, no burn in the sky. And so Sally could wait. We are talking recently. And you're referring to a piece of production and you said that it gave you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention that because I thought, God, that's a powerful tool, goosebumps. Totally. Can we talk about goosebumps? What What is it and how do you do it and and what's the, the secret? Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah, it's... I'm a little bit lost for words. It, it the, the the pieces of production that always stick in my head are the ones that give me goosebumps. Um, mm. And you get those, that... that that those the hair on the back of your neck stand up, mm. no matter how many times you listen to it. Um, and we were talking about it the other day with your um, Iron Imager entry. I've listened to that so many times, and I get—I
1: no, wasn't going to mention what it was, but <laughs> no, but like, yeah, but but I, I got goosebumps every time I heard heard that. And there's a there's a is there a common factor? Like I've never got goosebumps from a a, a sweeper saying get into Kmart. <laughs> His, I have. Hey, hit music now and and forty percent off tires at, you know, perhaps t- telling
0: a story, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of that that um, Liam Gallagher, I don't want to say I got goosebumps over my own work because it's just a couple of hooks being mashed together. That's
1: okay. But, no, no, it's much more than that. But, but yeah,
0: I, I sort of I would get that feeling um, coming coming out of a hook with a riser and just having a slight bit of. Pause, and then as you go into the next the next hook, a big impact with a heap of crowd and you just sort of get mm. that reset in the middle of the montage that would just make you mm. go, ooh, you know? Um, yeah. And I think there was another point somewhere in there where two hooks came together that were in the
1: same key. It's like a song. No song starts with the chorus. <laughs> it would just be too much. True, yep. There's nothing better in a song than when it breaks down and then it stops and then that, usually a female vocal, just boom. Bang. You know? Yep. Massive. Taylor Swift, ready for it. The best bit is when everything pauses and then she goes, in the middle of the night. Bang. You know I mean? Yeah, totally. Yep. I'll auto-tune that vocal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on <Melodyne. laughs> Don't really sing. In the middle of the night. My dream, my dream.
0: You hit the nail on the head there with the that little stop-down moment or it's that where it sort of eases up a touch maybe mm. and then, you know, bang, hit it again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's language and it's, I guess, inflection as well. Tone. Tone. Um,
1: well, let's yeah. talk about tone for a minute because I heard a promo the other day um, that that sounded kind of great production-wise but I kind of just went, that'd be so much better if someone put a little more effort into that vocal. What are your thoughts on VO and tone and how important is it for you in your work?
0: Yeah, it's massive. Um, especially on like a on like a launch, like a red room launch that we do mm. quite a bit here. Um, um, and it's one thing that Matty Dow does really well. Um, that I've sort of picked up off him, the narrative and telling the VO telling a story. Um, sort of not being too intense and sort of having this storytelling tone. I guess is the best way I could explain it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's very important. Um, I like my VO pretty straight. I'll do some little effects on it, a little bit of pitching here and there, but especially in promos, man, for me, all the work is in the production. But then the VO's job, which is probably underrated, is just to, as you say, tell that story. And Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, and it's it can be hard at that point because sometimes when you have the script, you don't always know where you're going to go with that. Um, mm. but, or even if like, you're not necessarily the one directing the session, um, mm. as well. Um,
1: yeah. Talk to me about the Liam Gallagher thing. Do you remember how you put that together and what you were thinking? Yeah, that was, um, so
0: I worked pretty closely with Matty Dower on that one. He, um, he went through and sourced all the grabs and did the script. Um, and then, uh, I took it away. I think it was on a Friday and I just sort of worked on it over the weekend, um, And, yeah, I I guess that's how I start most of my projects is I don't really have a clue where to go um, ever. I just sort of just start and wing it. One thing I picked up from one of our chats and which I've started doing recently when we were at the pub last, you said that you would start (laughs) three pints in at this point. Fond memory. (laughs) Um, You would sometimes, like, start the montage, like, later in the session or you'd start on a different part of the the piece and then sort of bring it together later. That's something I found interesting and I've started doing recently. But usually I will just kind of like just make it and if I get stuck or mm. I kind of just like just throw everything I can at it until it works and then just sort of keep moving in that, in that sort of timeline. Um, I don't re- really have a formula or have multiple cracks at it. I think I tend to walk away from projects a lot Rather than trying to go down another
1: avenue, do you go into a bit of a? And the reason I ask is because I'm describing what I do. Do you go into a bit of a black hole when you're working on something big like that? Like phone away, zone right in on it. Everything yeah. else goes black around you. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Especially when you're, you're super into it. Um, mm. I think we've had this chat before, and it it's like it's like there's you'll work the hot like. 15 hours of the day and you sort of won't even notice it because you'd be so involved in it and you'd be so excited about what the end product could be. Um, Mm. I know I definitely had that with with the sort of end of year mashup that I did last year Um, and that was sort of something that I took on. I remember just like going home after work and just spending five or six hours a night just working on it and just being like so excited to get up and do it again, you know, and... I guess it's, yeah, you get into that, that just mindset of,
1: ah, I love this, you know? Yeah. And, man, it's such a hot piece of production. Let's have a listen to a bit of it. Oh. Three minutes. Nova. Just stop your crying, it's the sign of the time. It's dynamite Passionate from miles away. Passive with the things you say. Uh, that was probably my favourite thing you sent through, and I was gonna get to it. Um I mean I get nervous doing shit like that. Oh man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things like when I started it, I went, oh god. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to see this story, no but I'm going to have to hustle this week. Yeah, um, I always like to afford myself time. Um, as soon as I put myself under time constraint or something has to happen and I can't put a lot of thought into something or, or sleep on it or, you know, come back to it the next day is when I don't feel like I get the outcome that I want. Um, mm. But with that one, I sort of had maybe a week and a half of just sort of Getting into it when I had a second, and it was just mm. just sort of came together organically I guess um,
1: it's an outstanding piece of production. I mean I couldn't hear anything in there that wasn't in key. thank you mate. It kind of told a story too I noticed you lyrically were quite clever. did you just wing that talk me through it winged it yeah I winged that, Boom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just just getting ca- a ball on his finger. What? Just- this <laughs> Come
0: on, bro. <laughs> no no, it, it did, it just just sort of came to oh I, from memory it just came together. I don't remember being like I didn't troll through lyrics to try and find stuff that fit. Definitely for that last little bit before the countdown, I would just listen to, to tracks and try and find little bits and pieces that would relate to counting down.
1: Waiting for the time to pass you by. I don't know. Seconds. You know time. The clock Ten, nine. Outstanding, bro. And I think the thing, too, is speaking of goosebumps, that gave me goosebumps. And maybe this comes into it, too, because New Year's Eve is a pretty nostalgic moment for people. They're thinking back about the cool things that happened and their yeah. poor life choices. <laughs>
0: Story of my life.
1: If ever there is a time where people are primed for goosebumps, it is there, and you delivered the goods. Thanks,
0: man. Thanks, man. I I, I do wonder though, would anyone be listening at that time of night?
1: It's funny you mention that I've done a couple of New Year's packages as well and I've I've had the same thought. Um everyone's on holidays, so you don't get the accolades <laughs> from your team.
0: That's why we have SoundCloud.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well actually, while we're on SoundCloud, because I was gonna ask you about that, I noticed you don't put a whole lot up, but the stuff that you have up there is outstanding. Do you spend much time on it? Do you sort of look to it for inspiration or do you sort of steer clear of it? Um Yeah, I
0: used to I used to put quite a bit up. Um and I used to always be sort of looking for the next thing to put up, but I kind of, um, yeah. Recently, I've kind of, I kind of found myself. Uh, this is gonna sound weird, but like, um, almost like producing something for SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to take my focus off putting stuff on SoundCloud and sort of going, oh, this this might go on my SoundCloud because this is something cool that I've done this month.
1: Yeah. 100%. And do you think that comes with a little more career satisfaction maybe where you hit the point of going, I'm not trying to get a job or impress anyone, I feel really lucky to be in this role and I just want to nail it now?
0: I, I think so, yeah. I think you've just said what I was trying to say.
1: <laughs> no, you said it perfectly. Maybe I'm just repeating you it's, <laughs> You know, late in the afternoon.
0: You stole my words. Yeah, shit.
1: <laughs> what I had in my mind is, you know how Instagram is like a bit of a brag machine? Is SoundCloud the same? Yeah, totally. I, I,
0: I know exactly what you mean, and I get that feeling um a lot too. But the flip side of that is that it's the perfect place for inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at the minute we we've had to go through and um, make integrated intros of all of our recurrent um songs. They sound good. We've um thanks, man. Um, shout out to Dan Pearson and Brody Green making them as well. They sound fantastic. But <laughs> tick. I, <laughs> tick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're good. Um Oh, Pierce's behind you with a gun. <laughs> <Shit, hey, Pierso. laughs> this is going to a whole new level. Um Yeah, and i I, I hit a point where
0: I sort of um w I, I wasn't vibing it. I jumped on SoundCloud and just and scrolled down until I found some some integrated intros that a few other people were doing and then sort of um it's like oh that was so cool that's so much better than mine I I kind of want <laughs> I want to do better now like um and hearing little tips and tricks in those little bits that just give you a, a thought starter or an idea for the for the bit that you're on
1: I want to talk about learning a little bit you know back to Ira Glass's quote on taste how do you teach or learn that X factor craft you yeah you, you just, know
0: you kind of just got to have a passion for it don't you like Mm. Sort of something that that I can't explain. Like I, I will have people say to me sometimes, man, like how can you spend fifteen hours a day in that room making that thing? And I like, I just can. Like, yeah, you know,
1: how good's that feeling when you're working on a piece of production and um, you've been struggling with it, and then something just clicks into gear, and you're like, here we go, yep. here yep. we go,
0: yep, yep. And on the flip side of that, though, there's nothing worse when you can't get it to that point. Um, that's what it's I, a world of
1: pain I, it sucks
0: that's where I find that you've i've kind of got to walk away um, and, and afford myself the time to to really think it through I suppose
1: I think it's probably worth acknowledging that these roles do present challenges um, you must have had these moments I've had them a million times where you you're talking about getting stuck on a project and you start to think, man, I don't know if I'm any good at this. Maybe, uh, you know, how did they, how, why, why do they let me do this? Like, you know, and you start to doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you get that occasionally as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely,
0: yeah, I read a quote the other day that said happiness comes in waves. And I feel like um, being uh, constantly inspired and creative comes in waves. Mm. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, uh, it's not on tap. No. It's funny, like um, it's not a nine to five job in the sense that, you know, um, at the risk of offending bricklayers, it's like <laughs> they rock up with the bricks, they put the bricks there and as long as there's such a gap and whatever, it's like job done.
0: Shout out to all but, the bricklayers you, out there.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, different projects come along that could all of a sudden just spark that that feeling of being inspired, like you might be feeling like that and then your boss comes in with, you know, we want to do something new here um, and then it's like, yeah, sweet. Like, and then you can sort of kickstart that, I guess. For me, I guess it, mm. it's, it's making sure that I'm constantly working on stuff that inspires me and mm. always having that, that project
1: there. Do you listen to radio outside of work much?
0: I try to. I'll tend to like do a monitor, um, in my studio. So overnight I'll record in maybe four or five hours of, of Capital or Z100 or, um, any number of stations, Fox, Today, um, Kiss, and then come back the next morning and just sort of cut up all the imaging bits, um, and, and listen, listen to those bits, uh, and how they sit within the hour.
1: Good on you, man. That's um. I, I don't know if a lot of people would do that.
0: Like it's interesting what you said before about all the awesome stuff being on SoundCloud, and no one's putting up their twelve PM feature sweeps. You know. Yeah. Um. And absolutely. And, and moni- well, certainly not. And monitoring's a really good way to to get those little bits as well, and they could just draw a little bit of inspiration when you do come around to doing a bunch of basic sweeps like you're never copying anyone else's work, but just sort of have a listening to how can I pinch an idea from that to better my work, I suppose.
1: The way you think about this, like it's like you're a real student of the craft, even though I'd probably say you're more a teacher now, but that to me just speaks volumes about a dude who is in his zone. He's just got that shit sorted. (laughs) Cool.
0: (laughs) Thanks, man. That's cool. You work in a similar way. I remember you saying like, um, you know, on the train, one day you're heading into work and you're you're playing around with songs on Beatport and like, Mm. you know, you're just constantly in that mindset of like working in radio, I
1: guess. What do you most dislike in imaging when you hear it? Um, Do you feel comfortable to reveal anything? Like you hear something and you just think, oh, what is that? Dislike. Like, I'll go first if you like. I struggle with screaming punters that are in the wrong spot. Sure. You know, hey, listen all week and win a pink CD. Oh, my God. No, it's a pink CD. (laughs) Let's have a degree of reality about this. You save that for when you're giving away a house or something.
0: Sure. On the flip side of that, going back to what we spoke about before about goosebumps, if if that caller has the right emotion and is in the right spot, bang, there's your goosebump moment. Mm. Tears, waterworks, all that sort of gear. One thing that frustrates—not frustrates, frustrates me—that I dislike um, would just be not being able to understand the message <laughs> when you listen to a promo. Um, if you hear a promo, or like at the end of it, and you go, "What? Like, what was that? What? You know? Uh, what are we to glean from this?" <laughs> yeah, um, that's something that I was taught over the years. I guess if if the message wasn't clear or or something didn't make sense, I'd get pulled up on it. Mm. And so that's always at the front of my mind is that, can the person listening understand what's going on here and does it make sense?
1: Yeah, 100%. Because at the end of the day, if no one's listening to your station, what's the point, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: So let's talk about mentors for a minute. Am I right to assume that Matt Dower would be the biggest mentor figure in your career so far?
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: What did you learn from Maddie?
0: everything really um radio uh yeah i there's there's not much that i don't owe to that bloke um he's a very good bloke absolutely um yeah he's just sort of always afforded me his time to to just to teach me everything he knows i suppose um i'm finding it hard to put this into words it's just kind of it's been a, a five year sort of Period of just just bouncing ideas off him and him showing me, I guess, I'd say the correct way to do things, but the way he does things, and and he's one of the one of the best images in the world, hundred um, percent. And he's has this encyclopedic knowledge of of production, um, and I just yeah, I've just sort of taken bits and pieces from yeah where I can. It, it's yeah, he's just been. A mentor.
1: And are you mentoring anybody at the moment yourself in an official capacity? No, no. Would you like to? Like, I find I kind of get a bit of a kick out of yeah. showing someone something or teaching someone something.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally. Um, something that I don't really have any experience in yet, though, I'm not sure I'd know how to.
1: Do you think you need to know? I feel like it would just happen. Yeah. You know, like I've never done a mentor training. You know what I think? Mentor training in the boardroom at 10 isn't a thing.
0: (laughs) Well, how how do you go Um, about like mentoring?
1: For me, I just want to be honest. I know that sounds cliche, but if someone's doing something that's not sounding good, I think you're doing them a real disservice by not politely letting them know. Sure. Uh, I've had some harsh feedback over the years from my mentors. Yep. You know, you make something, you think it's amazing and they ring you up and go, bro, it's not in key. Yeah, And you're like, isn't it? And they're like, it's not. And you're like, shit. <laughs> but if no one tells you that, you're never going to learn. Totally. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: and you often hear um, people talking about, you know, finding your sound. Mm. And I guess that's just something that develops naturally over time. Mm.
1: Let's talk about Iron Imager. We, The the reigning champion. Um, yep. So this, we should flag we're recording this, what, about two weeks, a week and a half before you head over to LA? Uh, it's today in two weeks. And I should just quickly explain. what In fact, no, why am I talking? Explain. Can you explain what Iron Imager is, Brad? <laughs> Here, Brad, I'll tell you what it is. Shut up, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically
0: um, uh, the guys at Benstown um, – We'll put out, a, put out the call for entries. Um, basically, you have to write and produce a piece of production using their elements, submit it to them. Uh, they pick the winner and then you just get to fly to LA and verse last year's reigning champ in a one-hour live promo build.
1: And so you're going back up against Sam Wickens from Capital this year. Correct. Quite the battle. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. You don't know what the format is until when?
0: Until like uh, two minutes before you start.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. And what was it last time? R- rhythmic CHR?
0: <laughs> rhythmic CHR, yep. Kendrick promo. Kendrick promo. Mm. Me and uh, Sidey battling it out up there.
1: What if it's classic hits or something?
0: <laughs> Soft AC.
1: Metal. <laughs> that's all. Jesus. Lord. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I. Oh. I don't know. What do you do?
1: How you feeling? Do you get nervous going into this?
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. But it's not something you can really think about too much until you're there. Like it's just. It is what it is. Yeah. You basically you go from having no idea what it's going to be to having to have a finished piece in an hour. Um. I don't know how other people work, but for me, that's quite difficult and extremely nerve-wracking. I remember uh, trying to click my mouse when we first started and my f- fingers were cramped up. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, not today.
1: Which just, I think, ties in so beautifully to what we've been talking about, which is that you know we love what we do and we, we're passionate about it. and um, But at the same time, we can struggle with it at times when we feel like there's pressure because we want to do a great job every time.
0: Totally. And that doesn't always happen. Except on this occasion, it does go onto SoundCloud
1: <laughs> and everyone gets to hear it. <laughs> Bro, I know it's going to be amazing no matter what, so best of luck with it.
0: You're a legend. Thanks, Dom.
1: So we should give a shout-out to your how do people find your stuff. So you're on SoundCloud?
0: I'm on SoundCloud, yep. Um...
1: Bradleysk.com.
0: <laughs> uh, where are
1: we? Can you get Com? It feels like something you should have.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. I might work on that. Uh, yeah, soundcloud.com forward slash Brad underscore Leesk.
1: And, um, man, on a personal note, it has been such a pleasure to get to know you. And likewise, as I said man. to you at the pub, it's so, like, I feel really privileged to be able to say that we're mates now and it's super cool. So,
0: likewise, man. Thank you, bro. No, likewise. I um, I, I echo those those comments right back at you
1: and thanks for coming on this podcast mate this has been fun (laughs) currently no context of (laughs) maybe the only episode we'll see hopefully not no this has been fun man i really appreciate you having me on thank you so there we go episode one done and if you have made it this far thank you so much i really appreciate it i hope you got something out of it now episode two is fantastic I've got an image producer from one of the most famous radio stations in the world. See if you can recognise these notes. You might recognise it more in this form.
0: How hard do we work to seamlessly integrate things that are in key and in tempo? And then when you actually hear
1: it and it's in the background, you're like, wait, wait, what? Oh, fuck, what was that? I, I made that, I don't even know what it said. Damn it! Um... I learned that pretty early on. Stax Williams took over from the legendary Dave Fox in 2015 and he's a very smart guy. He certainly understands creativity and messaging and how to communicate with an audience and you will learn so much from this episode. So please hit the subscribe button so you get that. And if you know someone who you think might like this podcast, please share it with them. That would be great. I'll see you next time with Stax Williams from Z100.